and welcome to episode 36 of Establish the Collection. I am Cody Main, joined as always by my favorite NBA DFS analyst, Gary Hartman. Gary, you and the NBA team, uh, you guys are in the spotlight now. Uh, how's it how's it feel to to take over? How's the spotlight feel with the football season behind us? Cody, I saw you in the uh, NBA streets yesterday. <laughs> you, you you popped into our live stream. Um, glad to see you there. Yeah, it's it's all us, baby. We have um, you know two di- two more days of NBA and then a break because mm-hmm. uh, that's how schedule schedule makers uh, really really know what they're doing. Uh, no, it's uh, it's good, man. NBA is great. I'm uh, played back to playing NBA DFS on on most nights here. I uh, had a pretty good night last night. Uh, flag planted Julius Randle, which was a, a really good one, and uh, having another decent night tonight. But yeah, um, you know, all all good here. You could see drinking water tonight. So oh you know, baby, yeah, oh the, baby. We talk about health. <laughs> I mean, does it get healthier than water? <laughs> the the wife is out of town, as you mentioned before yeah. we hopped on, and, and you you poured yourself a water. I'm surprised. <laughs> I expected a beer. I expected a beer in hand. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Me too. Me too. No, I had a couple of drink, uh, beverages last night. And then tomorrow night I'm going to the Knicks Nets game, so I figured I would uh, sandwich one night in between with, um, you know, behaving myself. So it's all about it's all about balance. That's it's it, all baby. about balance. That's life. Life is all all about the balance and and not doing uh, things in excess. Um, but you know, sometimes that's fun too. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> all right, let's let's get into this. Let's put a bow on the NFL season before this podcast divulges into more NBA talk, more F1 talk, as that is obviously right around the corner yeah, and firmly within Gary's wheelhouse. And and definitely some MLB talk as that season hopefully approaches too. If you guys all watch the game, you listen to half a dozen recap podcasts by now of guys that are much better at breaking down what actually happened in a football game than Gary and I. Before we get to to what happened with everyone's card markets, Gary, just high-level thoughts on what you saw on Sunday. Anything jump out to you? Did it go about as expected? Anything surprising from Super Bowl 56? What, are, what were your main takeaways? Um, no, I mean, you know, ultimately, the, the, the big thing that we spoke about a lot over the last couple of weeks was uh, how much of a magician uh, Joey B, Joe Burrow, had been under pressure. And, um, you know, winning in spite of one of the worst offensive lines in football. And it finally caught up to him on the biggest stage. Like we've seen it happen so often in Super Bowl history. We saw it happen last year with Patrick Mahomes. Um, we've seen it, you know, the couple of times that Brady has lost in the Super Bowl. We've seen it because be because of of pressure. And it, it was too much, uh, you know, for Burrow and the Bengals in this particular matchup, which is what we, uh, you know, theorized that it might be. You, you and I both liked the Rams to win the game. I did say I liked the Bengals plus four, plus four and a half. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it did play it out that way that the Bengals were able to keep this game close enough. Um, but I do think that pressure was just a little bit too much for Burrow. Um, obviously, uh, you know, it does impact his very short career legacy up to this point. We are only two years into his career. He just went on one of the most remarkable runs. I do think that his market has reached a floor now. Uh, and we'll talk, we'll get into details about that in, in a couple of minutes here. But I also think that we don't know if he's ever going to get back there, uh, which is a crazy thing to say. I, obviously, someone is 25 years old and, and one of the you know top young quarterbacks in the league, but it's not easy to get to the Super Bowl. And I don't think this Bengals roster um, is necessarily positioned to do this uh, again so soon. So um, great run for him. Really excited to to uh, you know for, for what happened for for, for Burrow and, and the Bengals. I would have liked to see them win just for the hobby itself, quite honestly. Um, but you know, also happy for for the Rams. Happy for Stafford, a guy we spoke about a lot. Um, cool to see. Uh, Cooper Cup 
you know, be the best offensive player in football from start to finish and, you know, put a bow on that with the uh, offensive MVP. We've seen about his market. I think he's kind of positioned himself where he's now on a Hall of Fame trajectory as well. So, you know, he's an interesting investment piece from a collectibles perspective. But and then Aaron Donald, we talked about him um, last week. And, and I know we kind of uh, did the breakoff clip. Uh, you know, that, that you put together for for socials last week. I mean, really good stuff with Donald because, you know, we don't know this might be his last game. And yeah. uh, to me, he was the MVP of that game. So just, you know, that those are just my general um, rambling thoughts. But, you know, and, and I'll just say last thing, like I thought it was a good name, good game, not a great game. Like for how close it should have been, I feel like it should have been more fun. It should have been, you know, an even more entertaining game. There were stretches that I think weren't the best football. Um, but, you know, overall, a, a solid Super Bowl. Happy for the Rams. You know, um, you know, hopefully Joe Burrow will be back there again. I was so nervous when Odell Beckham went down after yeah. a few a few series of him looking incredible and looking like probably the the, the most dynamic player on the field. You know, obviously yep. outside of Cup, um, but I was great. just uh, amazed that that offense was able to start moving the ball there at the end of the game after looking you know constipated for yeah. almost two and a half quarters uh, <laughs> totally. without somebody as dynamic as Beckham on the other side of Cup. But you know they found a way to get it done. As you mentioned, the big names Matt Stafford finally gets it done. Finally uh, away from Detroit in his first season. Gets away, get finds a way to get into the Super Bowl, get a ring on his finger, help out Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, all those guys along the way. Um, you know, it, it went about as we all expected. I think the the betting guys, uh, the ETR betting show, did as good of a job as nailing how the game was going to go as anybody. But I think we did a really good job explaining what we thought from a card market perspective yeah. too. And I think we should start there on on the losing side with Joe Burrow, still no doubt the biggest hobby name from the Super Bowl, Joey Burr. You know, we talked about it at length with this meteoric rise in his market, really dating back to you know the end of the regular season with that two-game stretch in weeks 16 and 17. We saw his market in December, $185, $250, any, anywhere between that range uh, towards the end of December. And we're talking his base market, which we've kind of moved away from talking about on this podcast. But with somebody like Burrow, I think it, it makes sense to kind of shift our focus back in that direction. So we're talking at the end of December, this card is going anywhere from $185 to $250. Sharply rose heading into the postseason, reaching about $475 after their wildcard weekend win over the Raiders. And then that thing was relatively stagnant, right? Uh, after the Titans game where he was sacked nine times, the offense didn't look all that great. And then they're heading into Arrowhead to take on a Chiefs team that looked like an absolute buzzsaw as seven-point dogs. We thought, you know, we talked about that at length too, thinking this might be the point where you sell, right? Well, I think you kind of lucked out into holding on to a few things after that game. And we saw another sharp increase in Burroughs market heading into Super Bowl week. Uh, that, that pace market went up from, you know, $300, $400, all the way up to $650 thereabouts for that base PSA 10, which we had seen, you know, obviously tank with the base market a little bit. Now we, we're, we're two days removed from the Super Bowl. We've got a one-day sample of, of sales data following the game. We're seeing that thing almost in half now at this point with auctions ending on eBay around $375, uh, $400 just one day following the game. I think some of that was expected, but I think what we had talked about last week and the week prior was just how, how so much of his market had already factored in that Super Bowl win, right, or that Super Bowl run. And when that when that didn't happen, when it didn't come to fruition, when he didn't win, we were going to see this this kind of steep drop off. Maybe not to this degree that we had expected to happen, but we knew that there was going to be some some correction there. So, did anything surprise you with what's happened in the couple of days leading up to the Super Bowl, and then what's happened since with Joey B's market? No, nothing's really surprised me, um, other than just kind of the 
the, this, this large, huge example that this has ended up being becoming of, uh, you know, how, what a whirlwind uh, this industry and, and this hobby can be. Um, you know, we spoke, you know, ages ago, last playoffs about how I, I talk about how hype deserves an auction, right? Um, you know, a, when somebody is is on a big stage or, or going through, you know, some major leap in their career, like like we just seen with Joe Burrow, uh, it, it, it may behoove you um, to to, you know, sell these sell sell some items via an auction where you're going to get more eyes on it and hype is going to drive that stuff up this we what we saw happen with burrow was a long-term you know month and a half um you know basically microcosm of that same theory um where basically hype anticipation speculation was driving uh and, and of course on-field performance uh, you know th- throughout um and winning was was driving um a number one overall pick the second year player uh who who has you know basically the highest approval rating of of anyone in the world in the sports yeah. world right now um and it's just driving it to insane insane prices prices that we haven't seen cards kind of bubble up to since um you know that peak during the pandemic so it's great to see that there's enough interest in this hobby where that kind of thing can still happen and people are still looking to invest and um you know use sports cards as a form of alternative investment and you know, you know, uh, gamble on a sports player's career, uh, uh, which was fantastic. I'm not too surprised to see this stuff half. You know, we did talk about uh, if he loses, depending on the fashion in which they lose, uh, and everything like that. Um, you know, that that stuff would take a, a, a serious dip right after the Super Bowl. Did I expect it a half immediately? No, but I think that's the Im- immediate, immediate reaction. Um, kind of like when, uh, you know, a stock has an earnings call and comes in way under ex- expectation, and then there's just an immediate dump off right after that. Um, I think that's what you're seeing right now with Burrow. I would expect it to rise back up as less cards are, you know, filtering out of the market we're also we were seeing a ton of auctions and as people were trying to time it perfectly as well yep. so it's a lot of th- it's a volume thing it's a panic thing but you know i think that will actually come back up so somewhere between where it's halved and somewhere between where it peaked um and i think he's you know in that top three or four uh, young quarterback uh, investment pieces and i don't think that's going anywhere because even this stuff halving and it's and it's not just the base by the way and i think it's a great example to look at but i'm just kind of been doing some quick research here across the board it's a lot of the stuff like i um silver raw was going for like $600 and now i saw one and for like $300 yesterday so it's like kind yeah. of across the board um and i actually i'll kind of sidebar about that particular card in a second but um yeah not too surprised i don't you know it and oh, what i was going to say is even at half it's still higher than uh, it, it ever was before uh, is the joe burrow market so you know it's it's expected. It's normal. I, I'm still very bullish on Burrow long term. Hopefully, if you're like me, you were able to kind of get off of some of your Burrow positions um, over the last three weeks when you had some real opportunity to do so. I think you mentioned him just establishing a new floor for himself, right? I would. W- would you be surprised to see this go much lower than where it's at right now? Or are we going to see this continue to fall into the into the postseason? I, I wouldn't expect it to go too much lower um, sure. because again, I think this is a volume thing with all these cards um, hitting the market right now. Um, where people are able to kind of cut under the bottom more and more is because there's so many cards out there. I think once we reach a month or two uh, from now and, you know, football is uh, a little bit in the back of people's minds, we're still going to have releases, but people are focused on um, some of the newer quarterbacks, the rookie class from this past season, and then the, the one coming up, uh, you know, when the draft happens in April, I, I think that, you know, we'll start seeing, um, you know, uh, the, it's settled back in uh, is what I would say, or even if it's around what it is right now, I don't, I don't expect it to go too much lower. Um, 
but I, I just want to say like I, the downside of eBay. So I, 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 and unless you, you have a transition here, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I'll talk about what I, I managed to do with Burrow and I'm very happy with the amount of Burrow I was able to sell. Uh, we talked about the contenders rookie ticket auto last week. I sold that for $4,600. I did pull the trigger on that. Very, very happy with that price. So again, we talked about how that was like a $2,500 card a, a month ago or whatever. Did that with a bunch of different types of things. We talked about the mosaic autograph, even just selling off a bunch of regular base Burrow cards for like $120 a pop. Saw those are down to like 70, 80 bucks now. Um, so, you know, very happy with what I able to do there. I did sell my silver Joe Burrow prism for $600. Um, didn't get paid on it. And I was like, ah, this guy's just being an absolute asshole. He's going to wait to see if Burrow wins the game. Guess what I just got tonight? I got the sorry, my son bid on this card for me. Nah. Please cancel it. You know, the classic, my son, my son <laughs> bid on the card. Um, so, you know, that's a classic of eBay scumbags. Yes. Um, yes. So, you know, definitely a downside of eBay for sure. So now I'm, you know, I'm stuck with a Joe Burrow silver prism card. That's not the worst thing in the world. I'm not going to go right. now sell it for half the price that I just sold it for. But, you know, that is something that I'm sure a lot of a-hole eBayers are, are doing right now. So, you know, that's the, that was the downside of, of timing some of these auctions end right before the Super Bowl because you have that grace period of when you can actually pay for the card and some people are uh, not going to be uh, operating in good faith. So just thought I'd share that story. Like, I obviously, I'm a big advocate of eBay and utilizing it as a platform because I still think, you know, eBay is king as far as card sales are concerned. But, you know, those type of stories do suck and I, I hate them as a, as a, you know, somebody that has an eBay store and, and somebody that sells a lot of cards. It was awesome to see over the last couple of weeks, and, and obviously that situation is is awful, the downside of eBay, but it was fun to see how you handled this situation because I know personally, we've talked plenty off air about how high you are and, and how high you were in the offseason, especially on Joe Burrow. So for you, as you know, as you've talked about a lot on this podcast, just being able to pull the trigger when the hype is there, when all of the factors surrounding a player are properly priced in, in which, you know, in this case, they were the on-field performance, the, the the cultural icon status that Joe Burrow had reached, the high approval rating that you had mentioned. I, it was it was fun to see you able to, you know, take take those profits and, and actually offload some of that. As much as I know you probably wanted to hold yeah. on to it uh, for as long as you could. <laughs> for sure. And, like, uh, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, like, be able to kind of gamble a little bit and, like, and keep pushing it back if, if I if I wanted to. Um, and luckily, you know, he made a run to the Super Bowl, so it paid off for me. But I had been doing it for, like, six weeks, you know, really since, like, week 15, 16, yeah. 17 when he was really going. I sold an uh, absolute RPA. Absolutely, that's, like, a mid- to low-tier product. Um but I sold, you know, an absolute Joe Burrow RPA like in week 15 or 16 when he was and I was like, obviously, I probably could have doubled or tripled that thing um, by waiting. But, you, you you know, that's you, you time these things out. Right. So say again. And this is why there's so many parallels to other forms of investing. But, um, you know, you you just take your you take your profits when when you can get them. You don't look back on the date that you that you bought, you bought or sold. There's there's no point in in doing that. Um you know, it's. I think it's actually harder to swallow when you're buying on top of market than when yeah. you're selling a little bit below top of market. I think if you're if you're taking your profits, you're taking your profits. I feel good that I was able to do this for six weeks, um, sell different amounts of burrow throughout that time, all at very strong numbers. And you know, the other thing that I I feel lucky enough to be fortunate about um, with the inventory I built up is that I do have a good amount of burrow left that I'm which I'm happy about. I want to have you know, first of all, I, I love the kid and I, I believe in his talent. So I want to have, you know, those investment pieces, but, um, you know, we'll see, uh, I, those, those now I'm probably in a position where those are going to be, you know, sit in the closet and we're holding on to those guys for, for a while now. And that's totally fine. So, yeah, there will no doubt be plenty more Joe Burrow talk. He certainly solidified himself as one of the hobby's top names with this Super Bowl run. It's going to be a, a tough road to hoe for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals team with as many good teams and good quarterbacks as there are in the AFC, but it'll be fun to see what happens over the next couple of years. And, and certainly, especially heading into next year with the off season 
uh, for them to try and build a roster and and most importantly, an offensive line uh, that, that is able to support another Super Bowl run. But let's get to the winning side of this because we talked a lot about Matthew Stafford. And another credit to you, you talked about Matthew Stafford during our underdog draft this offseason and what a run with the Rams would mean for him and for his market. So he gets it done finally out of Detroit. 4-0 in the postseason, gets a Super Bowl ring on his finger, didn't have Odell Beckham, as we mentioned, for much of that game, finds a way to get the ball into Cooper Cup's hand for the game-winning touchdown. His 2009 playoff contender's rookie ticket auto in a PSA 10 has been on a steady climb over the last 30 days, sold for $2,030 on January 21st, sold for $6,000 at Buy It Now following the Super Bowl win. So we've, we've seen a pretty meteoric rise for his market as well. Some of the other stuff, mid-tier, lower-end base stuff, has kind of been up and down throughout this postseason run. Any final thoughts on Matt Stafford? I, I did a, a quick cursory glance at the Pro Football Hall of Fame metric just to see what moved after the Super Bowl. I, I think, you know, as much as the discourse has changed in his favor on Twitter, I still think he's got... A little work to do here he's he's going to need to compile a little bit over the next few seasons if and he, 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 he should be able out. to do he should be able to do that which he should be able to do and and we'll talk about the rest of this team and the nucleus of this rams team and, and what may have come what may come with them um but high level thoughts on matt stafford his market and what's to come with him in the future and and long term yeah i mean i'm not surprised what you were just saying that like the mid-tier and low-tier stuff is kind of going to be stagnant like you know there's something about that old school quarter like the, the old school tops yeah. paper chrome um that it wasn't as popular then and and thus it doesn't hold the same weight in the modern market also a lot of the stuff that's driving um you know the burrow herbert um stuff is is flash better products coming out in a younger market they want the they want the people that are uh, the new the new kids on the block the hot stuff so you know the base stuff that like as much as we like that stuff is kind of a hey long term 10 years, he makes a hall of fame. Like we like had that. This is his flagship rookie card. You're never looking at that kind of stuff as like a major, major win usually. Um, but I'm not surprised to hear that things like contenders, ticket autos, patch autograph, um, things like that will be what it are going to see increases right now. That's the, you know, the rare stuff, the, the on-card autos, uh, that we, you know, see a, a sell huge for guys like Rogers, both Manning brothers breeze. Um, you know, this is the kind of stuff that if he does reach the hall of fame, um, you know, will really be, you know, something with, with major upside. So yeah, uh, that makes all the sense in the world to me happy for, for Matt Stafford. And yeah, I do think he, I still think he makes it because like, I think he's going to end up top 10 in like all these categories. Plus he's got the ring now and that's legacy defining. So, um, and I see you going back and forth with like some people on Twitter about Eli. I mean, Eli is a hall of famer, 100% (laughs) first ballot all day. Let's go. Um, but you know, you know, the reason is because he has two rings and the legacy, uh, the legacy stuff matters a lot. And this, yeah, this, this ring did more for Matt Stafford than anything that he'd done in the previous 12 seasons or 13 seasons or whatever it was combined right. as, as much as uh, I think I think people in, in our bubble were much higher on Matthew Stafford than uh, the general public. But uh, yeah, I, but agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, um, we got to get to this Cooper Cooper Cup stuff, man, because, yeah. you know, as DFS DFS players, we know uh, what Cooper Cup is and what he's done this season. Uh, a season from a receiver that we will probably never see again, probably the greatest uh, wide receiver season of all time. Uh, posts a ho-hum 
eight for 92 two receiving line in the Super Bowl almost felt like he was uh, wasn't even in the game for most of it. We were seeing targets to Ben Skoranek and Bryson Hopkins and, and guys that we weren't uh, expecting to even see much playing time at all after the injuries that the Rams had to deal with. But it was a really quiet eight ninety two two. But he walks away with Super Bowl MVP honors and his card market has done some wild stuff over the season and it continues to soar man his prism silver and a psa 9 which the silver from cups class is their base market but in a psa 9 that's up 190 percent over the last 30 days his prism raw is up 96 percent over that same time frame and even his 10 which we had talked about a couple weeks ago which was already pretty bloated at that time was still up another 22 percent so right. we're seeing these levels for you know a guy like cooper cup who was a good slot receiver coming into the season didn't necessarily expect this to happen a total outlier performance all year from him again like i said probably something we'll never see from a wide receiver uh in the near future what do you make of this cooper cup situation does it make you any more bullish i know your general investment thesis is focus on the quarterbacks focus on the quarterbacks but does this make you any more bullish to see these these card market movements after we see a season like that from somebody like cooper cup does it make you any more bullish on the wide receivers of the world yeah i mean for him particularly it, it definitely does because i think he has a chance now um you know with the kind of numbers he put up this regular season with the just honestly the talent that he is uh to reach that pantheon you know to be a top five ten uh, type of receiver. Obviously, he's, he's a young player. He's got a long way to go. But he, what he ticked off was uh, Jerry Rice stuff, right? Um, you know, Triple Crown, it's Super Bowl, Super Bowl ring, Super Bowl MVP. Um, you know, just unworldly numbers. Uh, pretty likable guy. I, I, I think that you know, if he can reach that top ten wide receiver of all time level. That's when I'm interested in investing in these kind of guys. I talked about how I bought some Randy Moss rookies a couple of years ago. Or, uh, you know, I, those are the kind of guys that I'm interested in. Uh, so, you know, no reason to think that if there's a, uh, a current receiver in the league to bet on to be there, um, why not Cooper Cup, who now has a Super Bowl MVP, has the ring? Um, yeah, are there other great receivers in the league right now? Of course there are. And I'm interested to an extent in some of those. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's those guys. It's him, it's Devontae Adams. You know, it's guys that are building up those resumes already um, for me that I'm that I'm interested in. Uh, otherwise, you know, I don't want to necessarily buy into bubble hype of guys like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson when the yeah. markets are, are a little bit um, inflated in year two, right, or year th one or year three. I, I'd rather see um, the stuff, and I know that's kind of be reactionary because the markets are going to increase as as these legacies are built. Uh, that said, you can get somebody like Devontae Adams in this offseason probably when people aren't thinking about him too much. Maybe he's a bad example because he's a free agent, but you know what I mean. DeAndre Hopkins, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, when people aren't thinking about him too much, uh, those are the kind of things that I'd be more interested in uh, looking at from a, from a uh, skill position standpoint. Totally agree. And it was something that I was doing last offseason. I wish I had done it more with Cup or, or with Cup at all, but it's just stacking up even raw stuff for some of yeah. these guys that maybe you're high on in best ball or season long or know you're going to be high on in DFS. And it's low risk. And, you know, if nothing else, you're having fun while doing it. You're already doing the research. And and if this is a way that you guys want to get involved with, with uh, you know, the card markets or get involved with investing in skill position players, I think a great way to do it, find some of these guys where you can just stack up raw and, you know, you would have noticed it with with Cup. If, if Cup was the guy that you were investing in heavily this offseason, just over the last 30 days, up 96%. You know, if you could just flip a couple of those, I think you would feel pretty good about that. Uh, another non-quarterback from this game, and we'll wrap up this game on this guy, a guy that you put on my radar and a guy that I've, I, I'm going to thank you for for some of my most recent purchases. Oh, a, a few cards that I'll have coming in the mail. I'm pumped. Aaron Donald. 
uh, a guy that I probably would have voted for Super Bowl MVP. He definitely uh, had my vote. Just with the way that that game ended in his favor, gobbling up Samaj P. Ryan on third down and then getting the pressure, the quarterback hit on Joe Burrow on fourth and one to close it out. And just an incredible run for Aaron Donald, probably our generation's top defensive player. He's got a little bit of a market, but not much. I, I don't think when you compare him to you know his peers of generations past, and you mentioned Lawrence Taylor, obviously on a, a different pantheon of, of greatness, I would say. But I was able to scoop up a bunch of these Prism Silver Raws, Select Silver Raws, as I saw Cooper Cup fall into the end zone for the game-winning touchdown, I'm thinking, Gary mentioned this guy. He's got a little bit of a market. These are pretty cheap, pretty low risk. I've had a few drinks, so it's you know I can really just blame it on that. But I ended up scooping up a bunch of uh, select silver raws and prism silver raws. I think they're good-looking cards. And again, that's this is a guy that's got the the tops and the panini. I much much favor the panini cards, but. Talk to me after now uh, another week of of Aaron Donald action, and uh, we're seeing him do what we thought he was going to do in the Super Bowl. What do you make of Aaron Donald's market? Yeah, I love to hear that that you went out and bought those. Like, I really do believe in those cards. I'm yeah. I'm I'm excited about it because you know I think no matter what happens now for Aaron Donald, like you can make an argument that his market is um, going to benefit whether he retires, which I really don't want to see happen because he's the best defensive player in football, and I think he has a lot more to offer. Um, but whether he retires and goes out this way and still is a probably you know a first ballot Hall of Famer right now, right, uh, or he keeps going and truly does cement himself in the conversation of best defensive player of all time. I think either way, you're you're set up pretty well there. We talk about you know transcendent uh, talents are the only guys that can really break through for sports cards um, in weird positions like that. Uh, it's similar for pitchers in baseball, right? I would call a defensive player very similar to pitchers in in baseball. So. You know, it's you got to be very, very transcendent, and he's that. So I love that for Donald. I'm happy to see, um, you know, his market. I, I would imagine is is pretty strong right now. Uh, you know, people are are excited about the stuff. Yeah, going raw was probably the way to go, and and, and smart on, on you there. Obviously, the pops on some of the greatest stuff is really, really low. But you know, getting any type of raw uh, Aaron Donald rookie card, I still think is a is a smart uh, smart play. Very low sales data, unfortunately, so there's not a whole lot to offer you guys, but his tops Chrome and PSA 10 uh, was up 95% over the last week, so we were seeing some pretty good returns just immediately following the Super Bowl on that stuff. Um, I know that as, as soon as I was popping on and refreshing eBay, there were cards that I was willing to uh, pay buy it now prices for that were gone by the time that I got to them, so I know other people were doing the same thing that I was doing, and I hate, I hate buying uh, top of market, but I thought some of this stuff was you know, should have been delisted probably or, or prices raised or what have you. And there's still a few auctions ending. So I can kind of see where, where thing, where the dust settles, but you know, low risk uh, prices were all under hundred dollars for this stuff. And whether some of them grayed out or not, or whether I, I just hold them raw, uh, feel pretty good about that. You mentioned the the low pop counts, the prism silver in a PSA 10 is a pop of just 13. Obviously probably not a whole lot of that product getting graded, but you know, feel really good about that. Again, one of the best defensive players, if not the best defensive player, of our generation. We mentioned the the Pro Football Hall of Fame metric for Matthew Stafford and him potentially having some work still to do. Uh, Aaron Donald is a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, whether he plays again or whether he retires. He's got the fourth highest Hall of Fame metric of any defensive tackle ever. ever. And he's played eight seasons. Uh, so really just a truly insane career for this guy. Yeah. Um, and if nothing else, I'll feel good about holding on to these because it'll be a reminder of me cashing my my Rams 15 to 1 preseason 
uh, Super Bowl bet on them. So, you know, just, just a little bit of fun, just a little bit of fun to have. Hold on to these things. You want to think about just how dominant of a career Aaron Donald has had in those eight seasons. He went one pick after Odell Beckham Jr. So he went 2014, right? Um, I was looking a little bit at that draft today. Just think about that. Odell is had had a whirlwind of a career, has had a couple great seasons, but like what the guy – and I wanted the Giants to draft him that morning. I, I went to that NFL draft. I, I was in the Aaron Donald camp. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was in that draft. Blake Bortles was in that draft. Oh, my it's just gosh. Some funny, some, some funny <laughs> stuff. Jadavion Clowney went number one overall. People thought that would be the uh, transcendent defensive talent that maybe would be able to put together a Hall of Fame career in 10 seasons or so. No, 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 no. Aaron Donald is that guy. And, um, you know, you've seen that with like running backs and receivers, Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders types that have been able to put together true Hall of Fame careers in a uh, short career like that. Uh, but Donald doing it at that position is is more impressive, uh, in my opinion. So, yeah, what what a stud. Um, really hope to, to see him keep playing, but uh, respect his decision either way. You know, uh, believe in his uh, his his investments in, in any kind of collectibles. If you got Aaron Donald signed jerseys, footballs, like I, I think that stuff's interesting. You know, just to, to hold on to it, I really do. All right, let's put a true bow on this NFL season with the NFL All Day Pack Drop coming up. By the time most of you guys have listened to this, the first drop, the standard Pack Drop, will have gone and passed. That is set for Wednesday, tomorrow at. 4 p.m. Eastern, but I think it's relevant to talk about this now because guys like Donald and Cup and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, uh, guys that all played in this game, I think these guys, if they don't have markets in the physical world, just because of the physical hobbyists have not valued them as such, I think there's a chance that these new video highlight style moments give them some you know marketability, some collectability, some investability uh, it, with guys that aren't standard hobby names like the the quarterbacks that we all know and love. Um, so just want to kind of give some details on the pack drop. The standard pack drop is a fifty nine dollar pack. Comes with three guaranteed uh, common moments, four moments total per pack, and there is a chance that you get one of these legendary or rare moments. Um, there will be at least one moment from the Super Bowl. So I think these are, you know, these are premium packs. I think that we should all be excited about getting our hands on these while we can. Definitely. Uh, and then kind of decide where the market settles these uh, these items at. I will say this pe- premium pack drop, $259 per pack is scheduled for Friday. No time announced yet. Still no details announced on this, but I think the way that All Day has done these pack drops in the past is you're guaranteed at least a rare moment per pack, right? So if you're willing to pony up a little bit, you can guarantee yourself one of the rare, uh, less minted moments. Uh, I think that's another good way to go. It was funny today because um, you guys know that I'm heavily invested in the UFC. The UFC strike from Dapper Labs finally uh, released their marketplace. Did not quite go as planned as we've seen with some of these NFT uh, marketplaces. They had to pull it off and there were some issues with with load and, and what have you. So I was up for a little bit and then was taken down. But I think that asking uh, collectors to you know pay $50 per pack or $250 per pack and then hold on to moments for weeks and months, as is the case with NFL all day, and then you open up a, 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 open up a marketplace, you're going to see a rush of people go and sell. And I saw that today on on UFC Strike. There were there were moments being sold well under what I thought I would have valued them at. Uh, didn't have a chance to scoop any of them up before the marketplace got to, got taken down. But you might see some of that with NFL all day if and when that marketplace opens up. You've got people that you know spent fifty dollars per pack, got five packs, spent two hundred fifty dollars. They didn't like what they got. Maybe they're willing to sell under uh, you know under what they paid for 
their moment. So I think that you might you might be able to get in on this still a little bit cheaper than uh, what you bought it for. So I'm curious to see when that opens up. Any thoughts on the NFL All Day Drop? Are you going to be mixing it up in the queues, trying to get your hands on some of these Super Bowl moments? I definitely will. Yep, very excited. I mean, I've I've enjoyed my two packs that I've gotten so far. I've enjoyed the experience. Um, you know, really want to get in a, on on tomorrow's pack uh, as well as Friday's. Um, you know premium uh pack and i'm you know I, i'm i'm bullish on it i think for football it plays really well the highlights and um you know exciting stuff yeah that's that's really interesting what you're talking about with the uh ufc strike stuff i i didn't know much about that um but you know definitely lessons to be learned as far as the way these markets and are are established and um you know these uh you know floors are or, or ceilings maybe for certain cards are uh, coming in hot out the gate uh but i'm not surprised to see it flooded with uh, people just you know anxious to kind of recoup some of their original investments into into these packs so that does make sense and maybe keep in mind once the uh, nfl all day market releases any final thoughts you want to give the people on the nfl season and what's to come with the nfl offseason yeah i mean you know we're going to transition obviously now with the super bowl in the rear view to a lot of basketball talk where we are about three quarters of the way through the season we hit the all-star break here um really fun season going on can go a lot of different ways as far as championships concerned so playoffs and things like that so that'll probably be our main focus we'll do some baseball talk as you know we we try to hopefully have that season we're obviously gonna have formula one uh but i should say you know we're not going to stop talking about football and i think this offseason particularly is an interesting one to really be monitoring markets for a lot of reasons um one we 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 were coming off a season uh, where i think the first football season we've had where uh, sports cards and alternative investments and fractional and nfts were such a you know regular part of of discourse um for people uh, at, at least you know gen Gen X millennials, I think that are are really involved in, you know, this kind of stuff. Uh, and, you know, we just saw the borough be the perfect example of, of that and what hype can do around that. So I want to see how that drives into the off season one, two, I really want to see, uh, what, you know, what markets do for big names, but I also am curious if it's going to sustain a little bit because we, because of, we talk about this a lot, but because of the release calendar, because of the fact that there were so many production issues due to COVID, um, we are not even like halfway through the amount of football releases that we'll get for the season that is now in the rear view. Um, you know, we have Panini contenders coming out in a couple of weeks. That's a huge one, right? Um, we are not at prism yet. Like those are the two of our, two of our three or four biggest products of the year. So, you know, huge, huge things coming up for, for football releases. And I'm curious to see as those come out and those hit the market, I think it's actually going to give the off season floor, um, you know, higher than, than it normally would have where we see, you know, uh, see, you know, real dips in the off season for certain football players. And then I'm curious to see if anybody gets lost in the shuffle as, you know, some more Trevor Lawrence stuff hits the market, some of that kind of things. Want to see if any of those guys get lost in the shuffle uh, or if just any of our other young quarterbacks, the Burroughs, the Herberts and the Holmes, the Josh Allen do um, while, you know, we're now in their third, fourth, fifth year cards that are coming out. While some of these rookies are coming out, a lot of draft uh, discourse is going to start around this coming class of guys. So uh, just a lot to monitor and we'll definitely be sure to touch on it as, especially as big products come out. I think we'll, uh, you know, be, be tracking those and give some off season buys too. We talked a lot about, you know, the, 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 the 2021 quarterback classes, like something that I'm really targeting this off season, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll follow back up on that and tell you if, you know, Hey, is this market actually doing what we expected to? And, and the, we, we found these to be real scoops or not. If not, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be real about that too, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting NFL off season from an investment standpoint uh, for sure. 
Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, maybe Zach Wilson, uh, Justin Herbert again will be kind of in that can he bounce back phase a little bit too. We're we're gonna try and identify the next Joe Burrow. Yeah, we're gonna try and identify the next Joe Burrow because that was a great call from you in the offseason, a guy that you bought quite a bit of, and and we're gonna try and identify the next one of those. Definitely. I've got my eye on a few of them. We'll we'll talk plenty of that this offseason. I think we can leave it there. We will be back next week. Uh, I think it's All Star Break week for it's, the NBA, so you'll be you'll be fresh, you'll I'm be off. refreshed, yeah, uh, and we'll be able to hit it hard with some NBA discussion starting next week. Tell you where Gary's thoughts are at with this current crop of NBA hobby names, and start start uh, start strong from there. Definitely. For Gary, I'm Cody. We'll see you guys next week. Take care, everybody.